right, guys. Hey, welcome to the FFL Sky's the Limit Call. My name is Stephen Yee. I am your host today. Um, we're very blessed to be able to have the number one FFL producer last year, the year before, basically like every year when he when he was since he's been here. Um, Mr. Steve Giordano, he's going to be joining us in a few seconds, but I wanted to kind of go over our um, August business opportunity meetings. So in Phoenix, Arizona, every Thursday, Brandon Kitchings and the FFL Marathon team is running their own meeting there in Phoenix. So if anybody on this call has agents in Phoenix, feel free to send them out. In New Mexico, Will Lore and the FFL Turning Point team are running their meetings on Thursdays as well. This upcoming Thursday, I will be doing the BizOp meeting in Las Vegas at Andrew Taylor's office. So the 5210 West Patrick Lane, that's where I'll be. On Monday, I'll be in LA at Albert Lau's office. That's the corporate one that everybody's doing on Monday. Following Thursday, I'll be in San Diego. So if you guys have anybody in Southern California, feel free to send them out. Um, Robert Kakish and Chris Chavez out of the Frontline team will be holding their meeting on Thursday as well in Ontario. And Bruce Williams, president of FFL Prolific, he will be doing his meeting in Sacramento. So those are our meetings that we have scheduled this month. Um, without further ado, let you know, there is, man, I don't know if I need to really give a proper introduction. I mean, number one out of 18,000 agents is a big enough feat alone. But um, Mr. Steve Giordano is the number one producer in the company the last few years. He's an EVP of FFL Health and Wealth. His team is growing like crazy. As you guys heard him say, some of you guys before, we had just hopped on. Last month was a record month for him and his team, 650 families protected. So, Steve, welcome on, man. Thank you for hopping on and sharing your time with us. It's always an honor to join you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Dude, so, hey, so, you know, one of the things that people always ask me that don't know you, they go, Steve had been selling insurance before he got here. I'm like, I don't think so. You know what I mean? Can you kind of share your background on what you did before, how you found us and all that good stuff? Yeah, definitely did not do insurance. Um, I had really looked into insurance uh, when I was in the hospitality industry because um, I wanted to change and, um, you know, I talked to some people about it. And then, you know, I was good friends with Mark Mead and I was kind of just telling him what I was looking at doing. And he, the first thing he said to me, I'll never forget it. He goes, if you try to do insurance without leads, like just don't try. And then he, you know, <laughs> and, and this was, you know, this is back 2000, God, 15 maybe. So right. FFL was not FFL that we all know, um, but had leads, had a you know better system. So yeah, prior to, I was just in restaurants, hospitality um, and had zero insurance background. Wow. So you're a warm market recruit, I'm assuming to Mark Mead, right? Yep. So for those of you that are on this call and haven't, you know, you have a chicken list or you have people that are in your warm market, they haven't reached out to you yet be a good idea they might be the number one producer of the company you know what i mean um, <laughs> here's here's what i want to ask you steve so no sales background first year i think you were the rookie of the year producer yeah. you did like 600 yeah. some families and then just killed it next two years over a you know a thousand families million you know on your own pen how did you do that if you have no sales background insurance background like how how's that possible I think one, you know, the system allows for you to really do whatever it is that you want to do. I think you, you have to make the decision to do it. I'll never forget at that first convention, I was number two 
you know, Jonathan did 748. I did like 699. And I always remind him that I started full time a month after him. So I would have caught him. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I always make sure to, I'm more annoyed at that, that I am, that I ever, any other accomplishment I had. So then I remember, you know, Sean saying, Hey, like, you know, we're going to do this bonus if somebody can, you know, do a million in production. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I remember looking at my wife and I was like, I'm going to do it. But what's, what's interesting about all the goals that we always have for ourselves is you have to be willing to say before the goal, what you're going to give up. Right. And I think that's what that trips people up a lot. And that was one thing that for me, I really understood. I was like, look, you can get whatever you want out of this industry, integrity, partnership, like yourself, you know, whatever it is you want, but you got to put at the front of the list, what you're willing to give up. And that meant right. time, time with my family, time doing things I liked, time taking vacation and then investment in money and then investing time into, you know, honing in on your craft and getting good at it. But like, here's what I want to know too, right? Like you're, you're talking about at that point, I think the company was like seven years in, right? And I've been here for a little bit of time. And, you know, Matt Smith was the number one producer for a long time. Mark was up there as well, right? But nobody really cracked a million, right? A thousand families protected. And so like, it seemed like the month, the, the year that you did it, it was like the four minute mile because you had guys like JP did it, Brad Allen did it. Like, you know, Shoddy's trying to do it this year. Like, it was like, almost like, no, that's very attainable compared to back then. We were like, shoot, trying to do what, how, you know what I mean? So like, <laughs> it, it was, you were like, you were like Roger Bannister, man. Like the, the four minute mile and literally cracked that for everybody to do. What was, you said that you had to give up a lot in order to get there, right? Give up time with your family, you know, fun times and all that stuff. One of the things that amazed me, and I, hopefully I can say this publicly, was like, you still had a good time doing it. Because you were still at every Miami Dolphins game, it felt like. So yes. the, the whole the whole idea that like, you know, Steve never had a life. No, Steve, Steve had pictures with Margot and Steve was at the Dolphins games on Sundays. And you know what I mean? Like, so if that was the case, if, if you were still doing that, what did you do? What did your Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday schedule look like? How in, you know, how intentional were you with your schedule in order to write a million dollars worth of premium? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, I've ran it a six day work week, you know, and I still do, you know, from literally, you know, waking up at four, going to the gym to being in the office at eight and dialing and, you know, interviews and it's just constant um, phone calls, constant appointments, constantly doing something and running it a six day schedule. So you figure, you know, in the office, Monday, Thursday, dialing all that jazz, you know, a lot of the times going home, dialing some more at home. Um, and then in the field, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and pretty much being in the field from nine to, you know, let's call it nine to eight, you know, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and then probably Saturdays, I'm usually done a little bit earlier, you know, maybe like three or four or five. Um, and then, you know, like I'll always take Sunday off. And I mean, you know how it goes, you know, Sundays you're taking calls from agents and you're doing your thing. You know, I'm just not really running appointments on Sundays, but I've ran that six day schedule for as long as I can remember, probably the whole time here. Um, and it's just crazy intentional to the point where like you literally in all of the time of those six days, I'm always doing something that's money making related, whether it be building the team or selling. You know, like I'll give you an example. Saturday, instead of going home early, 
I got a lead with no phone number and I went into a gated community and I saw the dude and I said, Hey man, like, can we do this now? And he said, Hey, we can do a Tuesday when my wife's home. Like, like I could have went home. Like I right. wanted to go home, but like, I was like, let me do it. I don't want to jip myself. And I don't want to, I don't want my team to ever see that I'm jipping myself either. Right. And see, that's, that's pretty cool because like that very activity you just said, you could have went home. Right. But you went anyways. That doesn't take talent, dude. That, that it's not like we're playing basketball and you have to be six, four, six, five, jump out the gym, have crazy handles, shoot lights out. Like that was just a will to go resolve the lead. Anybody Absolutely. can do that. That's right. You know what I mean? And so like when people look at you, Steve, cause I can only imagine how many people ask you this question, like in order to do a million, like is it talent based or is it just really skill and will to do it? Oh, it's skill and will. And I, I think if, if you put, let's say it's 80%, the, you know, the, the will to do it. And then you take some f- time to feed your brain with information with all the trainings we have and the calls and this and that, like if you can go 80% activity, 20% feeding your mind, and then trying to actually get really good at how you communicate to your clients and fill their needs. If you combine all that stuff, like you, any, like you can do it. Like it's not this crazy impossible thing, but you have to be intentional. Like you have to, you know, early on, like, you know, in the car, listening to trainings, you know, falling asleep, listening to trainings, like just, but not doing that in lieu of activity, doing it in addition to, and then it starts getting like, you start getting your flow down and you start getting good and you just start asking the right questions to a lot of people. Right. And see, you said like intentional with your time, right? Like, like I'm not listening to a podcast at 4 PM because that's prime dial time. That's prime running appointments time. I'm listening to a podcast at like six, seven at in the morning, nine, 10 at night. Like, you know what I mean? Like being very intentional and it's like, you know, it's, it's income producing activities and it's a activity time, man. Like, and sometimes we, we, you know, it's so funny to me, Steve, that people go, no, I'm working 40, 50 hours a week. I'm like, cool. Show me what you did. And they're like, well, you know, I watched a training from, you know, eight to 10 and from 10 to 12, I was, you know, on the zoom dials. I'm like, cool. And you still didn't dial and you still didn't buy leads and you still haven't ran any appointments. <laughs> like you worked four hours, but you didn't work four hours. You know what I mean? So it's like, we don't get paid to think FFL. We get paid to do FFL. Right. And so, um, share with us, like, let, let's dive into the nitty gritty now, like your phone script, like, um, what does it sound like? Do you have, do you have a script? Like one of the most fascinating things ever too, was I remember when you and Rob Richmond came into Vegas, um, and we sh- shot a podcast and like, you were like, Oh, we have downtime right now. Cool. Hey, let me grab my leads real quick. And just started dialing. And I was like, you know, the number one agent in the company dials his own leads. Like the amount of people that want to have a dialer in our company is like exponential, right? But I'm like, but the number one agent dials his own leads. I was like, that's cool. You know, look, so so like explain your phone script. Like, do you have one script? Do you have multiple scripts? Um, how did you get good at dialing? Yeah, and I think the first thing, like what you just said there, it's it's like your mentality. It's almost like saying, like, yes, at this point when you're building and you're growing and time is of the essence, like if you had a dialers at the end of the world, no. I still do not. I've always dialed every one of my leads. Like, you know, God is my witness. Um, I think 
that mentality of trying to find an easier way is never going to lead you towards finding great goals. Number one, number two, when I call people, I just keep it really simple. I honestly hate the word script. It's a conversation like, you know, Steve sent in a form to look for insurance. I'm going to call him and confirm what he put on this form. Um, and I'm going to be, I'm going to take control with it. I'm going to let them know what needs to happen next. Um, so literally I'm just, um, somebody calls ring, ring, um, Bob. So the first thing is, is questions, right? So every, every time somebody picks up the phone, say their name in the form of a question, right? So they have to answer it, you know, yes. Right. Um, Hey, this is Steve. I'm getting back to you in regards to the online form you sent in regarding the life insurance programs. I got your date of birth is five, five, 56. That correct. So notice what I did. I, I gave you a statement and right at the end of the statement, before you could throw something at me, a question of your date of birth. So you got to also make it concise enough where it, it's quick, but it's, it's quick enough to, or slow enough to where they understand it. Love you it. also got to take your tonality out, you know? So a lot of times I, I actually, cause I can speak excited like I am now, cause I'm on with you. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll take it down a notch. Um, and then from there, I tell new agents, I'm like, from that point, everything at the end of every sentence, if you made it a question, think of how many less objections you get. Yep. Because what happens, the natural reaction of someone to a question is, let me answer the question. Now, they might throw you an objection after it, but at least they answered it and it kept you moving. So then, so I'm pretty much just doing that date of birth, this, that, and the other. I was dialing leads before. Um, these game time term leads, which do not give you an address, right? Which a lot of people may or may not like. I've actually had pretty good success on them. And you got to ask the address. So it gives you the zip code. And I'm like, I, I put in the zip code, hey, 3330, whatever. Oh, you live in Hollywood, Florida. All right. And what's the address we're going to be meeting at? Like, right. so you got to like question yourself to, you know, where you're looking to go. I think if people were more natural on the phone and also said less words, they'd have more success. Mm -hmm. To me, scripts is too many words. You're just saying too much. You're throwing, the more you throw at people, the more that they're going to hang up on you. Simple as that. I so I try it. to keep it simple with questions and then tonality and then control. Um, because a lot of times what happens, people want to take control and you got to guide them to where this is the process. You know, like, yes, we do telesales and I do some stuff over the phone here and there as a hybrid in addition, but the bread and butter for me is I want to book the appointment and sit with you. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just trying to get to the appointment. I'm not thinking about your health. I'm not thinking about your budget. I just want to get to the appointments. Another new thing that agents do a lot of, they want to psychoanalyze what the appointment's going to be right before they even get there. So, pre gaming, yep. <laughs> yeah, we're pre gaming, right? Like, let's make sure they're home first. How about we start exactly. there? <laughs> so, that's kind of how it is for me. Um, also, in dialing, I think you got to build a rhythm and whatever happens, just move on to the next, move on to the next, and be rapid fire with it. How do you deal with the objection or rejection, I should say, on the phone? I didn't fill it out. Stop calling me. Like, because, like, if anybody on this call doesn't think we get it, you're lying to yourself. Like we all get it. The number one guy in the company gets it. How do you, how do you keep your mind right when people say stupid stuff like that? I think 
it, it, it's interesting because when you do this long enough, you're kind of like, okay, like I, I kind of know what the numbers are going to be, right? Like, right. Like, all right, cool. I'm going to book whatever, 30%, whatever the number. Um, so I think that helps you. I think when you're new, it's harder. Obviously, you don't have the experience. So I try and tell new people, like, look, like this is what you're going to expect. When you get any objection, perfect. That's the reason for my call. Um, who's your beneficiary again? I love throwing that at people because like right. what happens? Their brain goes from, I'm not interested in something to, oh, my daughter, what happens when I die? Right. So I might not save them all, but I'm probably going to save a lot more than I'm going to lose. Right. I love that. That's really good, man. Because, dude, like one of the things that, you know, that I struggled with in the beginning, man, it, it was like, you know, I'd call someone and be like, you know, stop calling, hang up. And then it's like, I didn't fill it out, hang up. Or it's like, you know, I already got it taken care of, hang up. And I'm like, man, these people don't like me. And then like Andrew Taylor was like, bro, what are you talking about? They don't even know who you are. Like if they saw you at the grocery store, they walk right by you. Why are you giving them so much power in your day? And I was like, dude, that's so good. You know what I mean? And so he was like, dude, they're not saying no to Stephen Yee. They're just saying no to having you come over for life insurance. That's all. And once I understood that, like it clicked because I took the emotion out of dialing. And when I, you know, in a weird way, I became robotic. I was just like, whatever, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. That's when I got really good at this, man. Like, like you said, the tonality, you know, speaking slower, like I, Andrew taught me this early on. He was like, dude, sound like you're, you're working for the DMV and you hate your job. Hey, Steve. Yeah. I got to come out and get this information out to you because you filled it out. Anyways, dude, you know, I'm there this upcoming Tuesday. What works better for you morning or afternoons? Got it. 12 or two. Like he was like, he was like, don't be so excited on the phone. It, it reminds him of a telemarketer. And I was like, man, little nuggets like that. You know what I mean? Like save my business. So anything you can tell, like, cause you, you, you're growing and you got, got a lot of new agents and there's a lot of new agents on this call right now too. Any nugget that you can give a brand new agent regarding the phone as we wrap up the phone stuff right now? I think when you go into it, just embrace the fact that it is a necessity for you to have a business. And if you don't respect the phone, you will not have a business here for long. Yep. You have to get good at doing it. Even when you don't like, like nobody wakes up in the morning. He's like, oh my God, I want to go dial. Like I do not like dialing, <laughs> but I, like, nobody does. Like we're not going right. to lie to you, but I, you like going and sitting with Betty who makes your cookies and gets a nice big policy. Like you like that. Um, and right. every, you know, what's the famous thing to agents say? Like, I'm really good in the house. Well, right. awesome. You got to get into some houses then. So we got to get really good on the phone. Um, so I think if you're new, just embrace it, have fun with it. Um, like think of psychology with it. Like, I'll give you this quick example. I'm not like a big, like text leads, but I'm a big, I'll do what I have to do. So mm -hmm. if you don't answer me six times in a row, I text this one today and I said, Hey, Laura, um, give me a call back. Important. Thanks. And then she texts me back like, Hey, who's this? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, we're getting back to you regarding the form we sent in for the insurance. She's texting me back. Oh my God. That's so awesome. Thank you for getting back to me. I have a doctor appointment. Can we get together? Whatever after, after 12. So my psychology was, all right, I got to do what I got to do to get them to get in, you know, connection with them. Right. Um, whatever that takes. And it, and it, it's hard because it's not an exact science, right? Right. I don't want to text every lead I have, but if I called you 20 times, all right, cool. What do I got to lose? Right. You know, 
So have fun with it. Play the game with it. And I love the ambiguity behind it too, though, right? Like you're like, hey, Laura, this is Steve important. Call me back, right? So like when I was learning how to dial, like Andrew would be like, never leave voicemails ever. But if you did, don't full blown go into your script. Just, he's like, just say, hey, Steve. Um, like for example, hey, Jeremy, this is Steve. Um, give me a call back when you get a chance. Number one, you're, they're like, how does he know my name? Right? So it's not like, hey, this is, Bob, I'm the real estate agent from the, like, that's a telemarketer call. We all know that. But like, if you go, hey, Jeremy, this is Steve, man. When you, get a, when you get a chance, give me a call back. Talk to you soon. Click, right? Like that's the voicemail. Or like when I text people leads, I go, John, comma, is this you? Question mark. And that's it. Yeah. Because like, here's what people don't know. It's like most of y'all like try to send this full blown, hey, John, this is Steven from the Mortgage Protection Center. And I got your <laughs> request. And Dude, they're not reading that, you know? And so like, for me, I'm like, make it simple. Make it to the point where they're like, wait, who is this guy? And why does he know who I am? Got it. Let me respond and find out. Dude, once they respond, dude, I'm in the game. Just kind of like what you just said. I love that, dude. That's so good. Hey, I'm curious. How many appointments do you run a week? Because, you know, people think you might run 60, 70 appointments a week. What does the number one producer in FFL run appointment wise? I mean, I'm a 30 appointment guy. Um, that's I want, I want 30. And if I can sit with 18, like, cool. Like that's the goal every week. Honestly, it's literally my only goal because I mean, what am I going to do? Make my goal. Oh, I, I would need to write this, that, the other, if your goal is about your appointments, the rest of it will take care of itself. So 30 appointments, if I can get you to know, eight a day, and then I'm going to door knock in between and fill the day. So like, what's the other thing, if you're running see like, everybody wants to argue with us. We go, dude, 30 appointments is the norm. Like if you can actually get to 30, you can print your own money. What's the average annual premium that you write per policy? Because people think it's like Steve Giordano writes 7,000 APs in every home. <laughs> oh, God, no. you, you know, I don't mean? even want that. I run away right, That's a those. scary chargeback waiting to occur. Oh yeah. Uh, what is the average AP that you write per home? I'm about 150 to 170 on average. Nice. That's so good. You just have more of them though, because you're running right. 30 appointments and you have a husband right. and wife sometimes. Yeah. I'm good. If, if they tell me hundred bucks, cool. I, I, I talk people down. Like I don't want the charge back. I want, I want what you can afford. I run, I run 30 of you a week. Why do I need, I don't need you to pay, you know, 10 grand. And then the rest of you pay nothing. Like I'd rather just everybody pay hundred bucks. We're all good. Yep. That is so good. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask is you said you're dipping a little bit with telesales. In terms of face-to-face -to, -face to, to virtual selling, how much are you face-to-face -face versus virtual? I'm probably like 85% face-to-face, maybe 15 virtual. What I'll do is on, on Monday, Thursday, and, and this is a good lesson for everybody on leads, right? Like we all love mortgage leads, right? But mortgage leads and mailers, they are not the answer to scale an agency. They're not the answer to long-term big volume because Rates are, are, are up now, so you're getting far less return. Mail cost has gone up. So it's actually challenged me, um, for me and my team, um, to be more diverse. So I'll try to have, um, you know, three different vendors working, you know, if it's if CRM, the mortgage. Um, so now I got three different things um, working uh, in conjunction. Um, and then on the virtual, what I'll do on Mondays is I'll do call transfers while I'm dialing. So you figure from, you know, eight to 11 or 12, uh, I might get, eh, I don't know, maybe three to five of them. 
Um, and, you know, obviously when you're doing the uh, call transfers, you know, want to be upwards of 10, 15, 20 states licensed, right? So you can get more of them. If I get, you know, four or five, maybe I close one or two. So now cool. That's a couple of, you know, families to start the week off. Um, so I'll do that, you know, while I'm dialing. And then if my mortgage flow is light, which it has been a lot in the last couple of months, um, there are days like if it's before I'm in the field, I'll turn them on. Uh, some days in the field in between appointments, I'll turn them on. Um, I've embraced more hybrid because I think at the end of the day, not one thing is the thing. I mm -hmm. think everything works together. My numbers have been consistent this year because I've made that adjustment because if not, I'm going to sit here and, Oh my God, where's all my mortgage leads? Like, well, they're not coming because the rates are higher. Right. They're not, they're not what they were a year ago. Um, and I, it was a good lesson. I just did a call with my team, you know, my managers the other day. And I'm like, look, like we got to evolve people. Like, cause if we don't, we're going to die. Um, and we got to try different stuff. So that's how I've worked it. You know, um, typically if I'm trying to book like a regular lead, I'm trying to do an in-home if they cannot, flat out cool i'll do a zoom i'll do a phone no problem it's just not my go-to um to start out i like to be in front of you i feel like i have more control i love that and see look a lot of agents think they can come in and just knock out telesales and i'm like dude it's actually harder to be on telesales than it is you know face to face because there's just so much that you can get away with when you're running face to face and and i wanted to you know reiterate that i i kind of knew the answer but dude the number one agent and the company's still in the field. Like, and he runs a hybrid model, which is great. But like when people come in here and go, man, like I'm going to buy 10 leads and close nine of them on the phone. I'm like, dude, good luck. Cause nobody does that. You know what I mean? Nope. So um, let's talk about your in-home man. So what does, what does your in-home structure look like? Like from the door, by the time you get in to, you know, setting the expectation with the client to actually digging through financial inventory and quoting them. Like what, what does it look like for you? Yeah, a lot of it for me is very, you know, psychology based. Um, I think you got to understand your audience. So it's one thing that I've always tried to to look at is, you know, who you're meeting with, right? Like people, middle America don't have a lot of time. They don't want to give you a ton of attention. They don't want this to take four hours. So I try to make it fast. And also like, I don't have all the time. Like I got a lot of appointments. I got an agency. I got things to do. So when I walk in, I like to just rapport from the door you like meaning I just ask you a lot of questions that are garnered around things I need to know throughout the appointment how long you lived here about your family about your kids about your job like I just rapid fire things to people I'm connecting with you and I'm getting some information when I sit with you you know I go into every appointment I got a folder from America I got a financial inventory sheet blank piece of paper I have the carrier worksheet and I just open it up give them my card and say, Hey, I'm Steve. I do mortgage protection, final expense, annuities. I do every type of insurance you could probably imagine. Um, I meet with 30 people a week. Um, our goal here today is simple, figure out which company is going to approve you based on your health. What's going to be the most affordable. Um, that makes sense. Perfect. Who are you looking to protect? Who's your beneficiary? I want to dive right into that. They tell me then, you know, my famous question to start out is ever anything major heart, stroke, cancer. I just want to get it all out on the table. I want to get health out there because one of the things, if I'm a new agent that I want to focus on, I don't want to focus on products. I want to focus on underwriting Love because it. like 
I write five companies, maybe, and here and there, you know, some one-offs. Why? Two reasons. One, I'm not that smart, so I can't remember 75 different companies and underwriting guides. <laughs> and two, um, I want to keep it simple for me and for them. Um, so I get into the health, the medication. And I think when I when it comes to being a good underwriter, you're trying to then sell them on what they can get, right? And that's a challenge for people and where a lot of people lose sales. If you can't get term, I'm not going to talk to you about term because right. term sucks for you. It doesn't suck for the guy down the street that's really healthy. It just sucks for you because you can't get it. So let's talk about, so then my sales approach becomes, okay, you just told me like you had a stent and you're 58. Like, okay, now we got to kind of pivot here. But I never really told you about like anything yet. You got to play, you know, play poker with a little bit of people. Like don't show your, don't show your cards. So health, budget, um, you know, going, figuring out what they have that acts like life insurance, if they own a home, what have you breaking down the budget a little bit. And then from there, now I know the health, then I'm going to kind of show you the options. All right. Three options, whatever, if it's term hall, whatever you're doing uh, to not confuse. And you're always saying a lot of little things throughout the appointments. Like typically people do this and this is what most people are doing here and blah, blah, blah. Cause people like to do what other people do. And then assumptively starting an application because in every appointment you need to assume you're there to write insurance. If they don't think you're there to write them insurance, they're going to think about it. Like I'm right. here to write you insurance. I didn't drive here to not write you insurance. Right. So, you know, show the options, start the app, and then basically kind of keep telling them what I need throughout. Um, tell them you need the banking, tell them you need the social, tell them why. Um, like you, then you open up your cards and like, you're like, okay, this is, this is the process. Um, and then, you know, look, you might get some pushback, but you've laid some good groundwork for people. And you've also like in the budgeting figured out, okay, you know, Bob and Mary, you know, Bob, you die, we lose this for Mary, this, that, and the other. Um, talking about other insurances, I think is big. So that's a big question I like to ask because not a lot of the sales I make is if I'm replacing or if I'm putting them in a better spot or they have an expiring UL, whatever it is. A lot of people have stuff. They just don't know what the hell it is. And they need an expert to come in and like actually help them. That's why you're there. Um, and then I'm just starting the app. And when I show the options, like, what do you think is most affordable in your budget and getting that from them and asking that question and shutting up when, when you ask it um, and then just getting it rolling, doing the whole app. Okay. You got approved. Awesome. Um, you know, writing it all out for them, but that's pretty much it. Like it's nothing special. I right. try and keep it really dumb, simple for people. Cause I don't want to go over people's heads. See, that's, that's the thing that like, I wanted everybody on this call to know, like hearing you do your in-home presentation is not different than almost everybody else in the company. You've just done it at a more consistent level for a longer time. Right. Like you actually run 30 appointments a week. Like you're not trying to, you're not confused by that. You're not running 12 one week, 17 the next, right? Like 24 this week and then 35. Like you're going, nope, 30 is my number every single week. Like come hell or high water, I'm running 30 appointments. It is what it is. I love that you said that you only really specialize in five products. You know, there's there's a lot of new agents on here because like 
Ooh, I'm not going to say the company name because it's recorded, but like one of the companies that we work with, they're cheaper, but I never write them because their products suck. Right. And like, we love America and America is a little bit more expensive because it has all these wonderful features. How do you combat when you, when you deal with new agents, they go, Oh, you know, I, I want to sell this because it's cheap. Right. Like how do you position the value proposition and what we sell to our, our clients? Yeah, it's kind of the same way I do when I'm with clients. Like, I'll tell them, um, you know, because you get that question like, oh, well, you're a broker. Is this like the best cost, right? And I'm like, well, it depends how you look at it. Like, if I if you go buy a cheap car and then all of a sudden you need new tires in five minutes, but the other one, the tires would have lasted you a year, which one was better? You right. know, and I think it's interesting you say that with agents because if you as an agent think in the way of cheap, you're not thinking like an entrepreneur, first of all. So you're going to have a very hard time being an entrepreneur because if you always think cheap, you're going to get what it is that you pay for. That's how life works. It's not to say get people the most expensive thing, but if America, I submit it in the house, it gets approved in the house, they get a policy in seven days, they get a policy, like if they're good and then they get whatever the benefit is, right? Let's say they're li- whatever, their living benefits are better than, company Y that's a little bit cheaper, which one makes more sense? Yep. You know, like, do you want to, as a new agent, submit to a company and have to wait 14 days in an underwriting, you don't get paid, then they get declined. Is that fun? And then you got to go back to the client who will never come let you back in their house. Number yep. one, <laughs> like <laughs> good luck. You'd have a better job, a better shot calling the company for them to reverse the decline than you would to get back in front of them. Um, right. So you got to think nice. differently if you're new. You know what I mean? Like you have to think in the way of value over price. And it's not to say, oh my God, you're always going to write America or whoever. But in the situation, look at the situation. Right. And see, the other thing is like there's companies, man, that they're just agent friendly. You know what I mean? Like they're client friendly, agent friendly, and they just take care of, you know, the people they work with. And they might be $2 more. Dude, I'm not willing to sacrifice that. You know, like, like I had a, I had a company that we work with here. Client bought a policy digitally. I screenshot the approval uh, page, send it over to the client. And the client's like, oh, awesome. Well, they've been paying for like five, six months. They call that carrier. The carrier goes, we don't see you in our system. They're mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? I've been paying for the last five months. Here's my bank statement to show. They're like, we can't find that policy number. So now the client's scared out of their mind. They call me because I'm their agent, right? I have to get on the phone with this carrier and go, hey, dude, this is the screenshot. And they're like, how do you have that? And I'm like, because I sold it to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're like, well, we can't find that policy on this site. We can find it here. And I'm like, so are they active or are they not? And then they're like, well, they're active, but like, they can't call this line. They have to call that line. And I'm like, who the hell did this? And then I'm like, just to save the client, like another $18 a month. No, I'm good, dude. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, last time I remember writing them again. And and I'm like, because at the end of the day, the client's now like, well, Steve, you told me that was a good company. I've been paying for five months. I called their customer service and they couldn't even find me. That that's not reassuring. And that's a big, that, that company's a big name company. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sticking with America, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, um, 
yeah, that's that was a tangent, but because yeah, nothing so work, nothing worse than hurting your credibility that you work so hard to uh, you know make sure is good, right? Right, and, and it's like you know, like you said, it's like, dude, I just wanted to get really good at writing like five carriers because I'm like, I can be a master at those five instead of going like, I needed to be able to learn 30 different carriers and each carrier has five products. I'm like, dude, you're not studying a hundred products, dude. You're not, you know, a jack of all trades is a master of none. So um, are you a top down guy? Are you a three option guy? How do you close? Like what magic stuff do you do when you close policies? Um. I'm a three option guy. Um, I always want to show a high option, um, then a middle and a low. I always want to kind of say that all, you know, like most people do the middle, but again, I always go back to that question. Like, you know, Bob, like of these options, which one fits in your budget best. And obviously we did the budget already. So mm -hmm. that's a key thing too, because if you don't do the budget and then you show three options, Oh, what is it? I can't afford it. Well, if I did the budget with you and you save an extra $200 a month and this one's 86, like you can afford it. The question is, do you want to? Right. <laughs> so I, I try to do that because confused people do nothing. Right. Keep it simple, show three, and then let them tell you what's in the budget. Right. Love that, dude. Um, hey, if you guys have any questions, feel free to drop it in the Q&A or the chat. We'll literally hit them with Steve as we go along with this. Um, you know, you just said that you, you gave three options just for the new people on the call. Like which option do your clients usually pick? Typically the middle. Yeah, that's, that's kind of fair. So like, just so everybody on the call is not confused that they, you know, Oh, Steve has a special lead. They all pick the top one. No, it's just like, <laughs> it's just like everybody else. You know what I mean? Um, a, qu a question came from Sandra. What's your persistency considering your average premiums are 150 bucks a month? I'm like 86% six months and like 74% um, 12. So I'm, I'm average. Right. And see, that's the, that's the stuff that people don't get. Is like my persistency, if you were looking at my, my, my 12 month, 13 month persistency, it's like 73%. Dude, yeah, like everybody. 73% right now. Yeah, like Sean just talked about it on the call today. Yeah, yeah. Like regardless of who you are in the company, whether you're no, you know, the number one guy like you know Steve Giordano or your brand new agent, dude, twenty five to thirty percent of your business will fall off. Expect it, right? Um, any tips that you have on retaining or strengthening persistency? Yeah, I think it's something you're always working on for sure. I mean, you know, the great thing about this company, this business is. I don't care who you are, me or anybody, you have to be humble every day to understand that like, there's going to be loss. You know what I mean? So like, nobody's excited about the 25 to 30%, but you're trying to do things to minimize it. I think there's times where you want to walk away from deals that you yep. feel are, you know, a little bit dicey. I think um, you're, you're also trying to show tremendous credibility in yourself. I think at the end of the day, that is the difference between having good persistency and not meaning like when they call Steve and he has the screenshot of the policy, like he knows who you are. I'm assuming you saved them in your phone. Like, so I, I do things like this. Like I give the extra business card. I want you to give this to your beneficiary. I have you in my phone, anything you ever need, you're going to call me. I'm not going anywhere. I own my own agency. Like I kind of, I then start to like speak myself up in the realm of what we do. And as you know, what I do and whatever. Um, so I think that's big. I think going back at the end in the budget, 
Um, you know, if, if, if they felt like it was a little high, all right, maybe we drop it a bit. We can always increase it. I like to say things like that even earlier on in the appointment, you know, when we're kind of picking stuff. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the persistency is good based on how well you go above and beyond for people and how you let them know that you're going to be there when you need them. And then when they call you taking the call. Yep. I love that. Do one of the things that, and, and I've seen you take pictures with clients, right? Like when I was brand, brand new, my first two years, I never took pictures with clients. Cause I just, I don't know. Like I thought it was weird. Maybe it was just my own <laughs> mind thinking that. Right. And Sean's like, dude, start taking pictures of clients. And I'm like, for what? He's like, for someone that sells a lot of insurance, you're not going to remember what they look like. And I was like, yeah. that's actually true. And so like what I started doing, this is how I increased my persistency. Cause in the beginning it was in the high sixties and I had to creep it up. Right. So I'll be like, all right, Mary, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to send it to you. And I want you to save me in your phone as Steven Yee, the insurance guy. And then what I'm going to do, Mary, is when you call, this picture is going to pop up. And then also when the time comes that you pass away, I'm going to share this picture with your kids or your beneficiary so that I can remind them of how great, you know, the great time that we had for this hour that we spoke with and to be able to be able to talk about her. You know what I mean? And so like, I will literally take a picture and then I will literally save that as their contact. And then I would send it to them like, Hey, Mary, it was a pleasure serving you today. This is my direct line. If you have any questions, feel free to give me a call, like texted them that. And like, dude, the amount of people that were like, thank you for doing that was through the roof because most people don't. Most people don't do that. And so like my persistency shot through the roof when I started doing little things like that. People are like, oh, you take pictures just so you can post them on social media. I'm like, no, it was like one of the benefits. But like I took pictures because when you protect four, five, six hundred families a year, you can't remember them all. Like you just don't. You know what I mean? So like that's one of the things that I did to increase persistency. But hey, here's a great question. Um, with the 30 appointments a week that you run, what's your closing rate? I'm about like 65, 70%. Cool. Wait, 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 wait. What was that number? <laughs> like 65, 70. Not a hundred percent. Not oh God. Did. I'd write right? I'd have 3 million. Right. <laughs> right. And be, see, that's the thing is like, that's normal. Right. hundred percent. You're going to close some and you're not going to close some. Like you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. It is what it is. Right. Love Keep that. Moving. Right. Um, this is another good, good one. What is your method for asking for referrals? I don't do a great job of it, to be honest with you. I get them. Um, I need to do a better job. I was just actually talking to my team about this. Um, when I do, I'll text people like a digital business card sometimes. And I'll just say like, Hey, if you can shoot this over to some of your family members that might need some help, I try and ask, I honestly need, need to do a better job of it. You know, I feel like sometimes we're blessed and cursed with leads because if we didn't have leads, like we would be, you know, still yeah, referral based. Right. If, if we, if, if we'd actually like do a better job and ask for it, we'd probably like double. Um, so I do a decent job. I don't do a great job. Yeah. I love that. Um, Sandra asked, what's your average monthly lead spend to issue your million plus in premium thousand plus families you protect? Good question. Uh, it's about 2,500 to 3,000. A week. A week. Love it. 
solid, man. Um, Jalen, great question. Jalen's a new agent with us and he's been killing it. Jalen said, what are you doing to get better every day? That's an awesome question. Um, one, I think you have to understand that you have to get better every day. I don't care if you're number one or whatever. There's, you always have to get better every day. Um, I think I try to mentally think about how I'd handle scenarios differently every day because every day in this business, you do things and you're like, man, like shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have did this, or I should have approached that appointment differently. So I try and analyze some things internally as to what I should do differently. And I reach out to some people and I say, Hey, like, what would you do in this situation? You know, Mark would be a great example. Um, Sean here and there, um, you know, just some different people that I trust in the industry. Um, I think that stuff, hearing stuff from different perspectives is really huge. Yeah. When you were brand new and you were like learning, cause I mean, not everybody comes in here and just kills it immediately. Right. And like, I feel like every brand new agent has deals that they should close that they didn't close because of lack of skill at the time, at the current time, right? Yeah. When you didn't close business, would you ever call or would you just be like, eh, on night? Like, how did, how, how was that like for you? I did early. Um, I'd call Mark early on to figure out like what I was doing wrong. Um, probably in hindsight, I probably didn't call enough. Um, I always called a lot in the house. Got so it. I think I, I was able to get a lot there. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, like Rob Rich and I called him a lot, like when we started becoming friends, cause he was a top guy and I wanted to be a top guy. So the one thing I, everybody's probably heard this, but find somebody who like is killing it and like reach out to them. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't have the pity party with somebody who's not killing it. And, you know, don't call <laughs> that guy that's writing what you write or less. Love it. Um, how long do you spend at each appointment time-wise? I'm like a 45 minute guy. Like I am fast. I am not sitting there. I don't want to be there with you, you know, over an hour. I think you lose people. You got to try and make your process streamlined. And I also would say to people that want to get into telesales, you got to streamline your process even down from that when you do phone or zoom, because like you think you're not going to lose people's attention on a phone or zoom call, you know, comparatively to sitting in front of them, you know? So I'm always trying to like chop it down a little bit where it's just like, here's the questions of what I need. And I just throw them at you and you just answer them. And then we right. keep it moving. Right. Love it. Um, okay. So Sandra says, has your lead budget gone down over the years, taken into the consideration that you can go back and sell your current clients? Um. It's about the same. I, I have written a lot more this year of current clients. There's probably weeks that, yes, it has. Um, probably more not necessarily by my doing, just because the mortgage lead flow has been lower. But yes, yeah, certainly this year, probably two to three policies a week has been on current clients, adding stuff, replacing stuff, somebody lapsed, whatever. Love that. All right, cool. And last question as we wrap this up, Steve. What are you reading or listening to right now for personal development? That's from Arnold. It's a great question. It's something that I do not do a terrific job of, of personal development stuff, probably because I just don't have enough time. Um, there's nothing that I could sit here and tell you like, oh, I'm sitting down and reading this. I think I listen to, honestly, a lot of YouTube videos. Like if I see something that 
like I scroll through and it's like, Hey, like somebody's doing this, that, the other thing, I might just hop on a YouTube video, but there's nothing specifically that I'm like reading. It's probably something that I should be doing, to be honest with you. I do think the, um, the thinking grow rich, um, book was helpful for me. Um, I, I'll dabble into that here and there. Um, but overall, not a whole ton. Cause I just don't have time. <laughs> I love it. Hey, I mean, that's just being fully transparent. Arnold, my book that I'm reading right now, The Power of One More by Ed Milet. So oh, it's been good. good because it's trying to get you to do one more call, one more rep, whatever it is. It's been good for me. But dude, Steve, I appreciate you, man, for literally hopping on and, and being able to share this with our team. Like not a lot of companies out there, and I've, I've worked at a few that, and by the way, Steve and I, we don't work on the same team. Like we're team FFL, but like we're in different groups. Most of the time in other companies, man, you're not able to just be able to go get the number one guy and be able to share time with him. And so like, thank you, because that's the culture here at FFL. Like we're able to go reach out to other people that are killing it in this, you know, in this business and be able to just share for free. And, and because, you know, the, the reason why we're able to do that is because at the end of the day, we just want everybody to win. And so cool. Steve, man, thank you so much for hopping on, spending an hour with us. And we truly appreciate it, man. We'll get this call up literally in the next few hours up on YouTube, just so we can blast this out to our team. Do like, and I don't say this, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm like, there was nothing about this call that was like, oh my gosh, that's why he sells a million dollars a year. It was, <laughs> no, he just does the things that everybody else says. He just does it at a more consistent level. That's it. Yeah, good at the little things. Yep. So Steve, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. And uh, guys, if you can shoot him a text, post this call on your Instagram story, all that stuff and tag him, let him know you did a phenomenal job. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Let's have a strong August. Let's go have a killer last three, four months of the year. Let's end strong. If there's anything I can do to help you, please reach out. I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great day.